Well, hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to I'm Just Vita. Because you guys all know that I am Just Vita. It is like really early in the morning, you guys. And I kind of worked early yesterday. I kind of went to bed at a decent hour last night. Right? So I'm up this morning. I'm moving and I'm grooving. I ain't feeling worth a damn. But hey, God allowed me to open up my eyes. So it is going to be an amazing day. So, anywho, I titled today, Addictions and Phobias. Ooh. Now, y'all know on starting in October, we'll be talking about scary stuff. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. So, I'm excited for my spooky month. <laughs> Everybody know Halloween my favorite holiday? Anywho, I was talking to someone um, the other day. And... Um, We were talking about addictions and things of that nature. You know, there's so many people out here that are battling addictions, whether it's drugs, alcohol, um, pills, um, anything. But they get ridiculed and bashed so much because they are battling a particular addiction. But did you know that most of us have an addiction? You know, most of us, we all have addictions. One of the biggest addictions that we have, especially when you're in a relationship, is called love. Baby, love is an addiction. It is an addiction. A lot of people think, oh, well, you know, it's not because, you know, you ain't got to go to rehab for it. You ain't got to do this for it. Honey, love is an addiction. Have you ever had your heart broke? And you know that, that heartache and that pain and how that person meant so much to you, how you have to see people, they text on these people, they're calling them uncontrollably, they showing up at places they're going to be, they acting an ass, you know, wherever they're at. That's an addiction. That is an addiction. We have got to stop bashing people because they sin different than we do or their addictions is not the same as ours. An addiction is an addiction. There is one is not worse than the other. Just because you're not addicted to alcohol, you're not addicted to drugs, doesn't mean you don't have an addiction. Hell, I have an addiction. It's called caffeine. I have to have caffeine every day. If I don't have caffeine every day, let me tell you, I get headaches, I'm bothered, I'm moody. That's because I've had caffeine every day. For so many years, I have lost count. And my neurologist said, well, you know, caffeine is bad for you. You shouldn't be doing it. But my primary care who's been knowing me can way longer than my neurologist. She said, no. She said, when I give you the medicine for your migraines, because I do suffer from migraines. She said, part of the medication that's in there, that they put in there, it is called caffeine. She said, so, that caffeine was keeping the migraines under control. She said, the minute you stop, it's the minute all hell's going to break loose. And surely, I stopped, because the neurologist was like, no, don't do it. Honey, I'm without caffeine, not even a full day, and my headache was so bad, I had to be hospitalized for four days. So, yes, I do have a, an addiction. It's called caffeine. 
I do have an addiction. It's called love. Because I try to share love with everybody. Sometimes it's not reciprocated, but hey, that's okay. We all have them. We all got them addictions. Sometimes we love the wrong people. Oh, y'all know I was going to talk about this moment. Sometimes we love the wrong people. Sometimes we love the right people for the wrong reason. But that doesn't stop you from loving. That doesn't stop that. Stop it. We all got it. My cigarette smokers out there, those of y'all who ain't just started smoking, you know, who's been smoking for 20, 30, 40 years, and I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop. You might cut back, but you don't stop. It's still an addiction. Addiction is nothing but something that requires help for you to stop, break away, whatever. It's a habit. It's a bad habit. I mean, it can be good or bad, depending on situation. We've got to stop that. I think if we all had certain addictions, like love or caring too much, um, things would probably be a little bit better for some. I'm not saying that it's going to change or solve any problems of the world. We all know that's not going to happen. At all. At all. It is okay. A lot of people say, well, you know, when people have these certain addictions, they go to AA, CA, NA. For those of y'all know what that is, NA is Narcotics Anonymous, CA is Cocaine Anonymous, and y'all know AA is Alcohol Anonymous, right? You got people that go to these different places. Now, keep in mind, I used to actually go to all of these different um groups no not because i had an addiction to narcotics or cocaine or alcohol but i used to go and support with other people who did have those addictions and let me tell you one of the biggest reasons you find a lot of people sitting in them places is because they don't have that type of support system to help them get through it see a lot of times instead of us Helping people when we see that they're struggling in some shape or form. Instead of us helping or trying to help. Because you know that in order for them to get the help, they've got to want it. Okay? Let's just be clear. But a lot of them want it and don't have the backing. So that's what they're like, I don't, I don't care anymore. So they drink themselves half to death. They get so high to they damn near OD. Because they feel nobody cares. You can sit here and tell a person all day long, oh, I care, I care, I care. What you mean I don't care? I'm right here. I'm here. Blah, 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 blah. fact of the matter is, we can say what we want to say. But what are you doing to show them that you care? Besides being physically there in that moment. What happens, you know, where were you at the other moments? Now, don't get me wrong. Everybody got a life, okay? And I'm not saying that, you know, you're supposed to be there for that person every waking moment. Because, listen, I'm about to play a little devil's advocate. Y'all know I am. Don't act like y'all don't know who I am. 
when that person is in their right, they sane mind. When, you know, the high is not there. Who are they there for? You see, I don't know. I'm trying to ride the fence on a lot of things. Because I feel that if you want a person to be there for you, you need to be able to be there for them. Things have to be reciprocated. So when you're going through those addictions, and again, love is an addiction. So if you're going through that bad breakup, right? Hold on one second. I have to... um... Soldier or guy, what you mean? <laughs> Explain that. See, I can read everything you're saying while I'm talking. Uh, am I talking about a particular person? And it does make complete sense. It makes complete, complete sense. No, I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm just talking in general. Um, but you, you have everything has to be reciprocated. Everything across the board needs to be reciprocated has to be oh i know what you're talking about never mind don't answer that and no i'm not talking about a particular person i don't know who that is yet <laughs> never mind don't answer that i had to think about what our conversation was see i talk to people outside of podcasting i don't mind talking to anybody i don't mind being that voice of reason for anybody because let me tell you you probably a voice of reason for me right well anywho You have to be able to reciprocate it. A good friend of mine, yeah, I know she just got married recently. And um, when I say recently, I mean this past August. And got growing pains. And like I told her, I said, listen, I said, everybody is so quick to want to be married. Oh, I'm going to be married, you know. I get to get this little fancy dress. I get to have all this, you know, this, that, and the other. And I got to, we're going to ride off into the sunset and live happily ever after. <laughs> if only it was that easy. It's not. It's way different from being your boyfriend and girlfriend than it is to be married. Some people are addicted to want to be loved. Some people are addicted to the concept of marriage until you get married. And then you're like, um, um, hold up. Oh, okay. 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 I'll explain that in a second, soldier. Um, but to you, not on here. We'll we'll talk direct. Anywho. And I told her I said, well, she and, and the thing is, Peter, you've been married a couple of times. Da, 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 da. Well, yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. So, but here's the thing. Marriage is a whole nother beast. I said, you know, a lot of people are addicted to being with someone you'd be amazed at the people especially in my generation they call us what gen x that are afraid of being alone 
So there go, there go that phobia part. They have the fear of being alone. Why? You mourn by yourself. You're going to die by yourself. I don't care if it's you and another person that passed away at the same time, what appears to be the same time. One took their last breath before the other. Y'all didn't take it at the same time. So again, you died by yourself. Period. So, stop being afraid to be by yourself. Stop being afraid to be by yourself. Period. Because if you have a fear of being by yourself, there's nothing that anybody else who deals with you can do. That's where that addiction comes in. That's where, okay, I'm I'm afraid to be by myself, but if this person walks out the door, goes to the store, goes to the bathroom, goes to do anything, I have to be right there. Y- I mean, y'all are like, you're like that person's shadow. Go everywhere, do everything. Stop it. That annoys the hell out of me, okay? I'm not a clingy type person, okay? In fact, I want you to go do you, because I'm going to go do me. And then when we get together, it is what it is. We have got to stop that. And I noticed that more so in my generation with a man than with a woman. Crazy, I know, right? It's not really crazy, but it is. One second, guys. So, it's it's really crazy. And I find that people who do have phobias of being alone... There's some type of abandonment that happened in their life. That's like a mommy issue or a daddy issue. So what they do is they go find somebody else to cling to, right? They are the type of people that will put up with all kinds of nonsense and hell and everything. Complain about it. Might even walk away temporarily from the situation, but I promise they'll go back. That's like a battered woman. And nine times out of ten, the reason why a lot of women, you know, stay after being abused is because that was something they were used to growing up. See, when we whoop our children, because I'm I'm a firm believer in whooping a kid's ass, it don't hurt them. Beating a kid and whooping a kid is totally different. Totally different. Beating them. No, you don't, you don't beat nobody. You need to go beat that person who been talking all that, whatever. However, whooping a kid, ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm not going to send you to your room. I'm not about to put you in that corner. Why? So I can give you some time to go think about how you're about to get away with this the next time? No. But whoop that kid's ass. So that way they don't even want to think about it next time, right? 
when we're young, that's what happens. But you know, you have some people that go too far. They don't whoop the kid, they beat the kid. So if it's a form of discipline when they get older, right? That is something that psychosomatically just stays with them. So when they get into these relationships, if this person that they're dealing with is not putting their hands on them, they feel, oh, it's not love. They don't love me. They're going to leave me. So they have a fear of you leaving now because you're not disciplining them. They are addicted to that form of discipline. That's facts. That is completely fact. Listen, I watched my sister go through it for years. And I don't know. I think hers was more so daddy issues because her dad was never around. I think she met her dad. I don't think she's ever met him physically. Like, hey, I'm your daughter, da 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 da, whatever, whatever, whatever. He knew who she was, she knew who he was. They've seen each other in passing, but as far as that, no. So she was with a man for years that he was abusive. Very abusive, you know? I mean, she's married to somebody else and been with this person, this other person for many years, you know? And of course, they argue, whatever, whatever, but what couple don't? As far as a physical, nah. But it took her years to say, okay, I'm leaving, and I'm coming back. I thank God she did, because there's so many men and women that be in these relationships. Because they're, they have that phobia of leaving, like, okay, if I leave, they're going to find me. If I, you know, do this, whatever. Because I found myself, let me tell y'all, I found myself feeling that same way. With my ex-husband. He's so strong out on PCP. I can't tell you what he got going on in his life right now. Really don't care. However. He had came in. He got out of prison or whatever. Broke in my home. Right. Broke in my home. Poured out some of my daughter's ashes over the floor. Pissed all over my furniture. Took cooking grease. Put it all over my furniture. The whole nine yards. Because I didn't want the marriage. I had served him divorce papers like three or four times. Within like two and a half, three years. Every time he would send them back to me ripped up. True story. One night I was at home because I used to work nights. Let my kids go to my mother's house. My boys anyway. My daughter had just passed away, like, literally the year before. So I had just got done with court. I just got done with, you know, all that kind of different little stuff. Take that back. Was he out then? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was the next year he got out in twelve. I was so tired, you guys. I mean, when I'm telling you, I was tired. I was tired. I was tired. I was tired. And 
I fear no man but God. But that was one man being on that type of drug that actually put a little fear in me at that point. I wish his ass would try it right now. He won't try it again until he got smacked with that bat. But anyway, I was so tired. You know, I was still battling with court. I was still going through all my emotions for my daughter. Really still hadn't grieved her. Still pissed off because this man then got out and poured her ashes. You know, some of her ashes out on the floor. He didn't pour all of them off. But the fact that he had the audacity to pour out any. Took all of her pictures because I had finally got to a point in my life where I could put some pictures up. He took the pictures, all that, okay? Trashed my home. I had brand new furniture, all of that. Put grease on me. I tell you, it was crazy. And that man later that night came in. I didn't know how he got in. He didn't come to the front. He broke through my sunroom in the back of the house. And keep in mind, he was a robber. He was a thief. Okay? That was something that he was really good at. He was like one of them ninja type people. You did not know, you know, where he was. Now, keep in mind, y'all, I didn't even keep my car at home. I kept one of my cars in my dad's house in the back of his house. My other car, which was my actually um, my son's car before he stole it, I wouldn't park it at home. I would park it like three or four blocks away from my house. So in order for you to know where this car is, you had to literally follow me because I didn't park it on the same block ever. I might park it over there by the store. I might park over here by, you know, damn near by the zoo and just walk because the zoo from my house was almost like a 15-minute walk, right? I did what I had to do. This particular night, he broke in my home, and I didn't even know it. I told y'all I was tired, right? And that man sodomized and raped me that night. Thought the shit was funny. Oh, you want to divorce me? You want to be with somebody else? You can't leave me. Da 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 da. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I had a U.S. marshal that I didn't know him personally, but they had been looking for him, and he wasn't found. And he's like, "We got him." I'm so sorry that that happened. One cop looked at me and laughed and said, "I never forget. This is right here in Omaha, Nebraska." Well, you know, that's part of sex with a, a man and a woman, you know, whatever the case may be. And not only that, that's your husband. You know, you're supposed to be more submissive towards him and da-da-da-da, whatever, 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 whatever. No, this is a true story. So, going through what I had went through as a child, been forced to do different sex acts and all that kind of good little stuff. I told you, I've had a hell of a life, and I'm not ashamed to tell anything about it. Not all. It's a true story. When people said I'm secret and stuck up, you got the wrong Levita, because that's not me. But anyway, going through what I went through, at that moment, it brought up all those feelings and emotions and that phobia that I had at one point in time in my life about allowing other people to touch me. I don't like to be touched all like that now. I'm not that nurturing, affection type person. And my counselor, therapist, whatever you want to call her, used to say that's because of that. You never broke that barrier to allow people in to do that. 
So I still struggle with certain things even today, being 44, that I did at the age of seven when everything began. So when my own husband at the time did what he did, I looked at love a whole entire different way. How can you say that you love me but you violated me? You know, in that aspect. Now, keep in mind, I haven't seen that joker since. Yes, I have. I've seen him twice. Once he's seen me from a distance, I'm like, oh, my God, please don't. But we were out in public. And then I seen him a few months ago, right before my knee surgery, at the gas station. Not the one that's near my house, but close enough, right? He didn't see me, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Please. No, he don't put no fear in me today. But I still don't have anything to say to him about it. I had to eventually forgive him for what he did. So I can go on with my life. Period. I couldn't keep holding on to that fear that, okay, he's going to find me and hurt me again. Because I thought of that for a long time. But I had a game plan. I was like, well, shit, I'm his beneficiary. He can go ahead, go for it. Uh-huh. That's where my mind went. And so one day I said, you know what? The fear of what somebody else will or will not do will do more harm to you mentally, psychologically, and in some cases, physically, you know, than them actually doing whatever it is they're going to do. It's time to let that go. And I had to sit back like, it's done. He did what he did. You can't change that. He can't change that. There is nothing in this world that man can look me in my face and say today that I would give two flying monkeys about. True story. Would not give a damn. I don't want your apology. I don't want any of that. Because the first thing that's going to come out, well, you know I was addicted to drugs and da, 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 da. you use that drug as an excuse for that bad behavior. But it's one thing that I've noticed about people that are on drugs. That's like people being on alcohol. That's your courage. Everything that you couldn't do in your right mind because your conscience got the best of you, you were able to do on that drug or on that alcohol or whatever vice that you're doing. And some people say, well, you know, some people get on that stuff and it just does something to you. I won't tell you that it don't. But what I will say, shame on you for even entertaining something that has more control over you than you have over it. And then you expect for people to have this forgiving heart because you know better. You knew better. That was a choice you made. You didn't have to, but you did. But I have forgiven that situation, forgiven him a long time ago. So do I need for him to come to my face and say, Vita, I'm sorry? No, don't even want it. Do not want it. For what? You know, and some people say, well, it might help him get through what he did. Okay? 
Help your damn self. Don't you don't need my help to do that. You need my help when you came in and did what you did. No, I'm not still angry and bitter about it, but I hate when people make excuses for people who do have those addictions. Because that addiction, you created a phobia for somebody else. And the crazy thing is, I'm not the only person that he did that to. So for years, you know, I get tested for HIV, AIDS, I get tested for everything. Every year. No, I don't have nothing, of course. But I get tested for things. Every year. Because it was a girl that reached out and was like, nope, I woke up. He drugged me and I woke up and I was in the bathtub. I said, well, how the hell did you find my number? She said, because when he kept calling you, he was calling you from my phone. This random number just kept coming through my phone. And I don't answer random numbers. I didn't then. I don't now. And the crazy thing is the same phone number I had then is my same telephone number that I have now. She was like, but I can't tell the police. And I can't tell my boyfriend. My boyfriend is in jail. He's going on my winter boyfriend, her fiance. He's in jail. And I don't want him to know what happened, whatever the case may be. I said, well, why not? She was like, I, I woke up and I was just in the bathtub. You know, I don't remember what happened. I said, well, what if the man gave you something? And not saying that he did or he didn't. But what if he? you don't know him? You know what I mean? she was letting him <clears throat> cook up drugs and distribute drugs at her home. I said, okay, so shame on you. I said, but you don't want your man to know that? I said, I'm going to tell you a little secret about him. He's going to wait till your man get out of jail if he don't know who your man is. I said, because if he was in your house like that, he know more than what you're telling. And she was like, well, he said that he know him from the streets and they were locked up. I said, ah, listen. I knew that man many years before we got married. I know what kind of fear he was putting in people out there on the streets, especially a woman. Because he was addicted to PCP. He was off. He was clean for years. And all of a sudden, he went back to it. For years, I struggled with that phobia of somebody loving me, actually doing harm towards me. I struggled for years. Oh my gosh. For a long time I said I was in love with him. Like this man I gave my all to. I was there for you throughout the years while you were in prison. Well, most of them, you know, when I when I was done, I was done. But holding you down, being there. We didn't meet when he was in prison. So a lot of people say, well, you know, that's what happens when you meet people in prison. Nah, we didn't meet in prison. We met literally at my house. Um, he was a drug dealer. One of the biggest drug dealers during that time here in Omaha, Nebraska. And this was, my son is 26. I met him like 28 years ago. I wasn't even pregnant with my son. I met him when I was 16. Literally, I was 16 years old when I met him, and he was trying to hit on me then. I'm like, dude, keep in mind, he was like 24. I was like 16. He was 20-something. And I'm like, no, I'm too young for you. Be he was 24. I'm like, no, nah, I'm too young for you be trying to talk to me. He was like, okay, I'm going to wait till you get 18. True story. I got 18, and next time he seen me, I was pregnant. He was like, look, 
You were supposed to wait on me. That's supposed to be my baby. And da 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 da. No, we didn't talk then. I didn't start talking to him until I got 26. So many years later, you know, it's when I started talking to him, seeing him again. So we met physically in person. It wasn't none of that. No. It wasn't like that at all. I said that to say this. Having certain addictions can and does create phobias for those around you. Because a lot of people start to get scared for you to be around because they don't know what version of you they're going to get. Period. Some ask, well, Vita, do you still struggle with that to a certain extent? Is that why you don't do public affection? Could be. I won't say yes to that and I won't say no to that. I'll just say it could be. It could be. I've had people say throughout years, that is your biggest issue and that's why you're so independent. That's why you do everything on your own. You strive to struggle on your own and don't ask for anything because of... Yes, you guys, I'm sorry. I popped my gum <laughs> a lot. Um, because of what you went through. I said, mm, I don't deny that. I don't deny any of that. I will sit here and be like, no, that's not the reason that I'm not one of those people. To a certain extent, I believe that is true. Hey, I own my truth. Don't trip. I own mine. And it's just like, okay, have you given up on love? No, no, no. Because giving up on love is like me saying I give up on myself, and that's not true. But at the same time, I am who I am. You know? It's like when you get to a certain point, that person that you are in love with or you love, they do something or say something or show you something. They're like, uh, here it is. I didn't give you my heart. And it's like the first sign of trouble. So I struggle with that. Somebody asks, okay, well, you have a husband now. I do. Uh-huh. That's fact. And what about that? Listen, me and that man have been to hell and back. I'm going to say it. We've been to hell and back. We have. We've been to hell and back. He has said some things. He has done some things that ultimately took me back to the ex-husband, how he said certain things, how he did certain things, how I allowed Hear what I just said. How I allow certain events to go down and I know damn well that is not me. Like, girl, what the hell? But keep in mind, when all this stuff was transpiring, right? I was still going through some things. I was still trying to grieve my daughter. Really didn't do it. I had just lost my dad. One of my closest friends, you know, that knew me better than anybody. Well, I'm going to say anybody. Because there's a couple people out there that know me just as much as she did. And there's one person that I deal with, my cousin Tiana. She knew me better than all of them. She was like, I don't know. I don't, but, uh, you got soft, girl. 
Like you like? Oh, she's like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and she's a little older than I am, but I was going through so many different things, and I was allowing certain things to transpire that I know damn well. Vita Brown don't get down like that. Like, really? Is that what you're doing now? So, when he got to talk and divorce, because y'all know we, we talk about it on here. I know my truth and I'm not ashamed of my truth. Now, he's probably going to listen to this. Why are you putting my business out there? Because this is my therapy. This is my podcast. And this is my truth. If you can't handle it, that is a you problem. You wanted the divorce. Remember? You wasn't happy. Remember? No, I'm not bitter about it, whatever. I respect it. I respect the fact that he had enough common decency to say, hey, this is this, this is that, and this is why. And I respect him to the fullest for being able to speak his truth. Completely. And then recant it. (laughs) It is what it is. But that has planted a seed within me. See what I'm saying? You can't go to somebody and say something life-changing as that and think, oh, it's just water underneath the bridge because I was feeling so uh, That's not how that works. I'm sorry, but that's just not how it works. That's not how life works. That's not how it works. No, I don't hate him. could never hate him. Well, I'm going to say I can never hate. I really couldn't. I can dislike with a passion. But I couldn't hate. For what? For speaking your truth? Nah. Who does that? Nah. I'm not mad today. I'm in a lot of pain today. And I'm mad that my employer. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about that too. Because my employer is addicted to money and benefits and working you like a damn slave. Okay? Don't get me wrong. I love what I do. I love what I do. And I will tell you time and time again, I love what I do. My problem is. The love that a lot of us have for them, they don't have for us, right? I have been telling everybody, I have the surgery that the doctors is like, you need to get this done now. They don't know if it's cancerous again. They don't know what it is. They just know that I had this surgery last year and they went in and they're like, it is all over your organs, you know. They did biopsies then. It was like, it's not cancerous or whatever the case may be. Thank you, Jesus. But we had to go in thinking that this was about to be something. Oh, I'm going to do this little, whatever, 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 whatever. And that'll be it. And then you'll be good. They get in. She was like, it's, it wasn't that. She said, because everything we've seen in the pelvic, we've seen on your intestines, your pancreas your bladder, and one of your kidneys, right? She was like, so we had to go in and do some burning and, you know, scraping and whatever, whatever. It was so much. We did do a biopsy to make sure that's not what it was. It was not cancer. However, everything has come back this year. This was last year, guys. Hasn't even been a full year. Next month, the end of next month, 
it'll be a full year, right? Now it's come back with a vengeance. So she was like, I don't know. We're going to do more biopsy. She said, but I think I'm going to get a general surgeon to come in. And we're going to, it's going to be some work. She said, now we may have to freeze up some of your nerves. So you may not have like certain nerve function. You may not have whatever. My job, when I worked for a very reputable hospital here in Omaha, Nebraska. And shame on y'all. They've changed our insurance so much. Now, keep in mind, we pay for our insurance. It is not something that is complimentary for being an employee. We pay for it. Every check. I'm paying like 250 dollars almost $300. My, this is a little bit more than that now. Well, it's a little bit less because one of my sons fell off. But still, 250 dollars I think it's $250-something. I don't even look at it no more. It's two-something. Every paycheck, and we get paid every other week, right? For medical insurance. That now they put stipulations that if we're going to see different providers. Uh-oh. Sorry, you guys. It went mute on me. My bad. Um, so I don't know what you guys heard, but my job, as I was saying... We have to pay for our medical insurance, okay? As of January this year, they have put stipulations that our providers that we see, in order for it to be covered by our medical insurance, since we have a provider that specializes in everything, you name it, from the smallest thing to the most complex, we have doctors that specialize in it. In order for our insurance to cover it, we must go to providers within our own facility. My primary care doctor, okay, is not within our company. Never has been. As a matter of fact, my primary care doctor has been my primary care doctor. She was since I was 18 years old and I'm 44. Now, she stopped being my primary care doctor a couple of years ago because she switched to a different, she wasn't never part of the network. And I didn't see her again, but I see one of her colleagues, right? And I've been seeing him for a couple of years now. I had to switch from him to a provider, a primary care provider within the facility. And I don't care for her. I'm going I'm to sit here and be honest with you. I don't care for it. It's like you don't know what you're doing, you know, whatever the case may be. She was like, oh, Vita, you know you have lupus. No shit, sir. Like, I'm glad you know that now, too. Okay, so Jack. Okay, well, we got to get a referral. We got to do whatever. So, rheumatology was like, okay, Vita, you know how this goes. In order for you to come back to see us. They got to do your blood work. We got to have up-to-date stuff before you can get in. I said, I know how this works, but apparently she don't. So it's very frustrating, right? Because this company is addicted to money. Not everybody wants to be within people within that facility. Not saying I have anything against all the doctors because you got some damn good ones. 
But when you've been seeing somebody who knows you, you can go in there and they can be like, oh, no, this is what it is, da, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. And that's how it is with my doctor now that's about to go do this surgery. She's been my doctor for years. So they were like, well, no, you can still continue to go see her in that office. But as far as procedures and all the chic, because it's a regular doctor's office, it's not done. She doesn't do it inside. She does do it inside of the hospitals, but the hospitals that she do inside, our insurance will no longer cover. Uh, so at that point, I said, this job doesn't give a damn about us. I said, this job has the potential to let me die. I said it because I meant it. Then let me go get some help. I said, okay, so let's just say I go find a doctor to do it within us. That means I have to start the process all over again. They want to go do more tests. Why? When you just order the damn record and look at what's going on. They want to do more tests. They want to go back through this, what they call step therapy. I said, we're not doing all that. We're not doing this again. We ain't doing no step therapy. We not doing none of that again. So that means I got to go through another six months to a year of hell when, in fact, this could be cancerous. And that means it didn't start taking over my body. I'm not saying that's what it is, and I'm not speaking none of that into existence. I'm knocking on some wood. But I'm just saying. We not doing this. I said not only that, six months, that means my deductible and everything starts all over again. So that means I would have to wait until March, April, Get the fuck out of here. I'm not doing that. And y'all know listener discretion is advised when y'all listening to me. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be doing anything all the way up until then when this could have been done. Even if you wanted me to go to your doctor, pull the record. How hard is it to pull medical records? It's not. It's a matter of me signing a piece of paper telling you to go get it and everything is done electronic. That's how easy it is. It's a point and a click. Hell, you ain't even got to go do that. I can go get it my damn self and give it to you. Again, point and click. If I go inside of the building where medical records is and where I got to take everything through, it's the floor right below from our business office. I mean, come on. So when you're dealing with big corporations, they have addictions too. They are addicted to money. It's money. It's a numbers game, honey. It's a numbers game. But I won't be a pawn in your in your chess game. We're not gonna do that. So I think God, girl, called yesterday. She said, "Listen, your insurance is willing to let them do it if you get it done now. You know, before the year's up." I said, "No, I want it done like ASAP. If we can go do this tomorrow, let's go make it happen." She said, so you want it done? I said, we need it done now. I'm tired of being in the pain. The medicines don't work. We're not doing any of this. I said, y'all have no idea. It hurts so bad sometimes I can't even sleep. Oh, so we about to get this done now. I was like, well, yeah, because then after the first of the year, she will no longer be a network for the insurance at all. We won't, our facility won't at all. I said, that's okay, because I have a secondary insurance. So I gave him my secondary insurance. She said, well, your secondary insurance covers everything, so you'll be fine if you're still coming to us with, to us with the secondary insurance. <sighs> Y'all, my fear at that point, my phobia, because phobia is just a fancy word for fear. 
my fear when that girl called me. I didn't say girl. She's not a girl. She's a woman. When that woman in that office called me and said, Vita, we can't do it because of blah, 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 blah. My fear at that moment was, you're going to die. They are going to let you die. I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all. I sit there and I got to talking to God. I got to praying. I got to doing everything. Because right now I'm looking for a new home. I'm doing all that kind of stuff. They raising my rent where I am. And I'm about to file bankruptcy. I'm about to do a whole lot of different things. I'm about to go ahead and revamp my life. I am claiming me back. So my son was like, Mama, where are we going to go? I said, who gives a damn? Who cares? I said, see, this is why people do the thing that they ha. Huh. This is why people do the things to you is because they see that fear. I said, you know what? I quit caring and fearing a long time ago. I said, if God wants us to be here, we'll stay here and we'll be here and we'll be just fine. If he wants us to get up and he wants us to go, that's exactly what will happen. We will get up and we will go. I said, there's too many Airbnbs. There's too many different apartments. There's too many, there's too many everything. I said, not only that, April of next year. I will be completely located to Houston, Texas. I said, my mind is already made up. I'm gone. I'm not worried about what the next person is going to do, how anybody is feeling. This is about me. I said, see, for so many years, I had that fear. If, it, if you leave and leave everybody behind, they're going to forget you. They're going to do whatever. Now I'm like, forget me. Forget me not. I don't give a damn. I'm gone. Period. So I say this for everybody who has them phobias, who have them addictions. It is okay. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's not. Because as I said, I still struggle with certain things even now in my own personal life. Love happens to be one. There's nothing wrong with it. Because admitting it, which I have a long time ago, that's the first step. Did I love again? Of course I did. Of course, of course. But it was always that phobia of when I see him, is this going to happen? He got a fight on his hands. He had a fight on his hands then. But when he was trying to pull stuff and stole my son's car, I slapped that man so hard in his face with that bat. What I did. I'm a metal bat at that. So I said that to say this, and it's okay. You are not alone. When I tell you you're not alone, I am one of those people. What do you want? Time to go work. One o'clock. Why? Oh, okay. Oh, my son. He um. He had a meniscus tear in his knee like five years ago, and they're thinking that tear then came back, and they think he has one in both knees, and he don't feel good. He got one of them in the some are going into fall codes. No, he doesn't have COVID. He just has a cold. So the boys are not here. They'll be back in a couple of days to terrorize their grandma. Anywho, I said that to say this. It's okay, because I am there for you. I know what it's like to have people say, oh, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. And it sounds good. I make time for everybody and everything if necessary. If I feel that it's something that it's going to be beneficial for that person, whether it's, hey, let's just converse a little bit, or hey, let's go have some coffee, you know, whatever. I am that person. I don't have no problem 
or taking a few minutes out of my day to make sure that you are okay. I do wellness checks on people that I care about. So somebody might be listening, like, well, Vita, you don't check in with me. Well, that tells you where you fit in my life. I'm sorry to say it like that, but listen, honesty is the best policy. There's no need for me to sit here and lie and be like, I check for everybody. No, I don't. I check for those who check for me. Let's put it like that. You check for me, I'm coming for you. How you doing? As a matter of fact, I'm going to go and check on my little brother. I'm about to go step into his shop, which is something I do. I did it in a couple weeks from when I've been back. But I know he's okay. Oh, wait a minute. Did I talk to him? I haven't talked to him. But I did talk to my bro-in-law. Well, I talked to him. So I know he's doing okay. So if I don't talk to one, I talk to the other. I make sure everybody knows that I'm checking. I'm checking. So if I haven't checked on you and it's you're somebody that you're in my phone, you know, you're somebody that I know outside of podcasting or even my podcast, I check on folks. I check on y'all. Yes, I do. I'll take a few minutes. You might not hear from me every day, but I do check on people. Even if it's just once a week. Hey, well, just check. How you doing? What you doing? How was your week? That's me. I check on folks. You have to. You have to. Because if you don't check on people, why do you expect people to check on you? See, you got to be able to reciprocate the things that you're looking for a return. Or you might not even be looking for... Hey. <coughs> My voice went out. Hey, soldier guy. Um, you might not even be looking for them like that. They might be looking for you like that. But you can't expect for people to... Do something for you and you're not willing to do it for them. It's just that simple. So I do. I, I check on people. We are, we'll converse. We can talk about anything and everything. Because like I said, I'm an open book. I don't. I'm not that person where. When you're talking to me, it's. Our, our conversation got to be jaded. It got to be candid. It got to be filtered. It got to be whatever. Nah. Just talk. If there's something that neither one of us want to talk about or one of us don't want to talk about, whatever, we should have a, a more respect for one another to say, hey, I'm not feeling comfortable with talking about that. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. You know? Or whatever. Me, I don't care. What's on your mind? Let's talk. Hell. For real. Is that what happened? Oh. And it's just me. Everybody know that. That's just who I am. I've always been like that. Like I said, no, I'm not very sociable like that. But I'm very approachable. And if I'm being sociable towards you, that means some kind of way we're connected. Some kind of a way where we feel comfortable with talking to one another about certain things. Right? My pa- my podcast, y'all know this is my therapy. It's been my therapy in November. It will be... Uh oh, 21, 2, 3. November, it'll be four years since I've started my podcast. Four whole years I've been doing it. So it was my therapy. This is what got me through the pandemic. Being able to log on and talk about anything and everything. 
I'm sure I was judged. I ain't going to say without being judged or without being prejudiced or whatever. I'm sure there was. Positive there was. But that's okay. As you see, it is, I mean, from talking. Period. So, I'm going to go ahead and come to a close because we're getting up to an hour because my other one, the red, is flashing. Um, I'm on all platforms. So, when you're on Spotify's platform, you're only allowed 60 minutes. At 60 minutes, they will shut it down. At 60 minutes, in some cases, it can delete itself, and that would really piss me off. So, we're not even going to go there. I love Spotify. It wasn't Spotify at first. Um, it was another platform that I was on. Spotify took it over. I can't even remember the name of it. But it was my very, very first platform. Very first platform is where I started. And then Wisdom came along. So, I'm on everything now. So, if I don't ever tell my listeners... Thank you, which I try to. Thank you. Because without y'all, there would be no I'm just Vita. I am humbled. I am full of gratitude. And I am so grateful for all of my listeners. If I can reach one, I can teach one. You have noticed I won't ever get on here to talk about a topic that I don't know nothing about. And if I don't know nothing about it, you better damn well I'm going to find somebody who do. That's just who I am. We're not going to get up here and we're not going to just voice opinions without having some type of fact to back it up. But everything I'm talking about on here, nine times out of ten, is about my life. And that's very factual. Like I said, my life is an open book. I wrote about it. I have memoirs out there. Um, in the process of writing book number two, because we're going to bring some things up to speed, y'all. We're going to bring some stuff to speed. I want to do like a short film, like... For real, a short film about my life, bringing things to full circle, where I am today, whatever, whatever. With everything that's going on, hell, you could do something on YouTube. People got iPhones. I don't because I'm not an iPhone fan, but you could do a lot with an iPhone, honey. People shooting music videos with drones, iPhones, all that kind of stuff. And they coming out better than somebody who just spent thousands of dollars on this video. It's apps and stuff you can download and do the damn thing, so... Don't trip because I ain't. All right, you guys. Be humbled. Be blessed. Remember, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Be grateful. A little gratitude goes a long, long, long way. Most importantly, please stay true to you because if you don't stay true to you, nobody else will. All right, you guys. Everybody have an amazing day. Don't have an amazing day because today is already amazing. All right. I'm out. God bless.